And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we've got the latest on Jacob deGrom, and we'll dig into a couple of notable pitcher's duels from Tuesday. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on a Wednesday, September 8th. We've got a good chunk of news and notes here, so let's dive right in. Garrett Cole exited in the fourth inning against the Blue Jays with a tight hamstring. Keep a close eye on that. Yankees in the middle of a wild card race definitely need a healthy call over these last couple of weeks of the season to get into the postseason. Sandy Alderson said that Jacob deGrom had a partial tear of his UCL, but says it has, quote, resolved itself, which I didn't know partial tears of UCLs could do, but uh, okay, I guess. A lot of White Sox stuff here. Aloy Jimenez was removed in the fifth inning with a knee contusion. He is considered day-to-day. Carlos Rodon's got a sore shoulder. He played catch on Tuesday and is penciled in, quote, to start this weekend against Boston. Lance Lynn will throw a bullpen session on Friday. Lucas Giolito is going to throw at least two bullpen sessions before he returns from the IL. And Tim Anderson, still not 100%, no timetable yet to return from his hamstring injury. John Gray will be activated and start Wednesday against the Giants. So, Alf, you're in a day league and you've got John Gray. Are you throwing him in there? I don't think so. Just first start back uh, from this injury against a very tough team think I'm going to pass. Yeah, I think I'm with you there as well. Xander Bogarts could return from the COVID list on Friday. Enrique Hernandez did return from the COVID list on Tuesday. He started in center field and led off against Tampa. Avisail Garcia returned on Tuesday and also hit a home run in his return. Good to see that. Kiber Ruiz was not in the lineup against the Braves, but he did pinch hit. So I have to believe that we're going to see him in the lineup very, very soon here. Kyle Lewis has been shut down for the rest of his season because of a bone bruise in his knee. Just a lost season for Kyle Lewis. Hopefully he can be fully healthy at the start of 2022. And speaking of 2022, Adam Wainwright intends to pitch at least one more season next year. Let's get on to Tuesday's standouts. Al, let's start with Aaron Savali, who went four and two-thirds innings against the Twins. Gave up just one run on three hits and a walk. Struck out six. How do you look at Savali with this start under his belt? Pretty favorably. Nice start back. Uh, now the Twins, of course, not the the tough matchup they were earlier in the year. But I will certainly take this from Savali uh, after a long, long time out with his finger injury. So um, for me, he's just back to being must start until he shows me otherwise. 
There you go. Cleveland feels like a team that can bounce back pretty quickly next year with the talent they've got on that squad. John Gant, uh, you know, obviously he walked a bunch of dudes because that's what John Gant does, walked four <laughs> and five innings. But he struck out seven on the other side of that game against Cleveland. So y- y- you like the strikeout, certainly. Went five runs and was able to, or five innings, and went, pitched around those four walks and three hits to give up zero runs. Is there anything interesting for you, Al? I think there's a lot that's interesting here. And I think that the four walks in a way are a little bit um, deceptive because Gant's really been a different pitcher uh, since coming over to the Twins and uh, throwing a lot more cutters, uh, almost uh, doubling his uh, rate there of, of, of throwing cutters. Like you noted in this start, more strikeouts, but that's really been pretty steady for Gant since the trade. Uh, and the walks have been an aberration. I mean, that's actually the thing of, of everything here that stands out to me is that this is, has been unusual for him lately, and it'd be easy to just, you know, check in on this start and compare what he did with the Cardinals and just be like, okay, same old, same old. This is going to be the guy who's going to, you know, strike out about as many batters as he walks, and uh, we need to avoid him. I, I think it is time, you know, late in the season now to get John Gant on our radars. Minnesota Twins, uh, uh, one of those uh, organizations that we always talk about having good pitching infrastructure, so maybe they can get something out of Gant that St. Louis simply wasn't. Blake Snell's getting everything that he wants right now. Another awesome start on Tuesday. Had a perfecto going for a while. Ended up giving up a couple of runs on one hit and two walks. Seven innings, 11 Ks. Just another great, great start from Blake Snell. Turning it on at the right time for the Padres and for his fantasy managers. Packy Naughton is a baseball player and not like an Al Capone rival. He ended up having a nice start against the Padres on the other side of that game. Five innings, no runs, two hits, two walks, and five Ks. Are you interested in what Packy is delivering right now, Al? <laughs> I am. Well, you're on fire today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Naughton getting the better of uh, Blake Snell and the Padres in this one. I'm just so happy we have an opportunity here to talk about Packy Naughton, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But, yeah, I am intrigued by what he's done. Uh, this is just his second career start. He's now, between that and some relief work, got 14 major league innings. So, really small sample, but some nice peripherals there, an 11.4% whiff rate, which is, you know, it's decent. Uh, a very good chase rate, 39.7%, and has yet to give up a barrel in his major league career. So, um, unfortunately, he's got some tough starts coming up. Maybe a two-start week next week. He's definitely going to face the White Sox in Chicago. Might get that second start against Oakland. So, I'm probably not. Uh, maybe I'd consider picking him up in ale only if he's still there. But uh, definitely watching those next two really closely. At Chicago, L. I mean that you know Al Capone's home. That is uh, that's like a almost a homecoming for Packy Naughton with a name like that. So just something to consider as you're uh, getting ready to play some bids over the weekend. How about Wade Miley? He was in Chicago last night and he threw the ball very well against the Cubs. Seven innings, just one run on five hits, eight strikeouts. Another great year out of Wade Miley. Another underappreciated season out of a guy who has you know really found a new gear in the second act of his career. And Wade Miley uh, just becoming a guy who is is awfully reliable in the fantasy world. Steven Match with a nice outing as well. Went six innings against the Yankees. Gave up one run on seven hits. Didn't walk anyone in six strikeouts. Al, we talked about him on Sunday as someone who maybe you would want to chance what looked like a tough two-start week against. And he has done uh, very well in the first turn of this two-start week. 
He has, and uh, I yeah, definitely undersold and underestimated Stephen Matz for this week, already off to a good start. Granted, I didn't necessarily expect that the Yankees were going to continue with their recent offensive slide. Over the last seven days, uh, only the Angels have a lower collective WOBA than the Yankees. I don't expect that to last, but uh, you know, we talk about hot hand plays a lot here, and uh, I think maybe streaming against the Yankees uh, for the very short term could be a good cold hand play, I guess we can call it that. <laughs> Uh, the impartial fan in me loves that because we now have a legitimate race in the American League wildcard. And I think, you know, with the lack of races across the majors this season, with so many divisions already decided, it's fun to see some races, at least in both leagues, for the wildcard spot. So that'll be fun to watch over these next couple of weeks. Eric Lauer, he'll be pitching in the playoffs in some form. Certainly the Milwaukee Brewers will be there. Seven innings against the Phillies, gave up no runs on four hits and a walk, struck out five. We talked about him as a streamer now. He just lives on that stream radar. There's really no graduating from it for him, is there? Uh, maybe there could be. Uh, I think he certainly earned it. And I think if there's any reason maybe not to graduate Lauer uh, from the, the stream status, it's just uh, we talked a bit about this on Tuesday's show that the peripherals don't completely support what he's done, but he has been steady. He's been consistent. And, uh, you know, the special sauce for him has really been just to uh, avoid home runs and not really allow a lot of uh, pulled fly balls. And I know that seems like a really kind of arcane thing, but I think it's really uh, it's something that might be a skill for Lauer because he's been doing it uh, for an extended stretch. Jordan Lyles with a nice outing against the Diamondbacks. Seven innings, gave up one run on three hits, walked two, struck out three. Is there anything to see here for you? There, there might have been, if not for a different schedule. And, and by the way, following Spencer Howard in this one, so you know, could be doing that uh, going forward. But um, coming off a really good start against the Rockies in Arlington, so that's a really nice matchup. Two starts before that, a very good start against the Red Sox, so considerably tougher there. But you look ahead, and there's not really another matchup like versus Colorado at Arizona on the schedule. So... Yeah, I think I am not going to be looking at Jordan Lyles this year. I guess maybe if he does well in the next start or two, but yeah, I think I'm probably passing for uh, from here on out. Drew Rasmussen handled his business against the Red Sox in Boston on Tuesday, gave up one run on six hits in five innings, struck out two, didn't walk anyone. How do you look at him for the remainder of the season? I really like Rasmussen, uh, not necessarily 12-team leagues, but 14-, 15-team leagues. Like him a lot. He's not going to get you the strikeouts. I mean, this was a pretty typical line for him, but he's going deep enough into games and uh, just doing an effective enough job all around that as long as you're not needing to chase strikeouts, uh, that uh, Rasmussen is uh, you know, he's certainly going to get the run support. And uh, you know, otherwise, I think, uh, pretty useful in fantasy. Let's take a look at some of the hitters from Tuesday. We had two homer games from Pete Alonso, Nelson Cruz, Mike Zunino, Justin Turner, Bobby Dahlbeck, and Alejandro Kirk. Is there anyone on this list that you want to talk about? I think we've talked about most of these hitters uh, recently. I mean, we've talked about Dahlbeck certainly because he's been really hot. Same thing for Alejandro Kirk. Uh, maybe we haven't talked enough about the others. Nelson Cruz seems to be coming out of a slump, but uh, I, I don't think very many, if any people, were benching him during no. that. Uh, Pete Alonso, you know, what uh, post-home run derby slump? Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, uh, these folks all are, are doing pretty much what, we're, what we've come to expect from them. Yeah, Bobby Dahlbeck is ruining my dream of Kyle Schwarber getting first base eligibility, nah. something I got really excited about after the trade and they were talking about it. doesn't seem like he's going to get enough time over there, so uh, 
Bobby Dahlbeck doing his job, hurting me. Christian Yelich, is he going to win some people some leagues because he is very hot of late, 32 for his last 93. He continued that yesterday by going 3 for 5 with a double. In that stretch, he has uh, two homers, eight doubles, and a steal. Are we finally seeing the Yelich of old? Uh, well, on paper, we're, we're actually not. Uh, I mean, he's hitting for average. Uh, of course, he's not stealing bases, which I think is not something we can really you know come to expect uh, from him mm-hmm. uh, right now. But I think that maybe going forward, I like the way you frame that, Michael, that I, I think Yelich maybe can win some people some leagues down the stretch because he's hitting the ball really hard uh, over this recent uh, hot streak of his. And uh, I mean, there have been a lot of live drives in there, which has really supported uh, a high batting average. Uh, but we've only seen a couple of homers uh, in roughly a month's time from him. And I think that uh, we could see fewer doubles, more homers from Yelich because he's just he's just making really good contact and it's just not showing up uh, in the box scores for him regularly over the past few weeks. But I think that definitely could change. All right. And finally, Yadiel Hernandez, he made good contact on Tuesday, two for four with his eighth homer and seventh double of the season. He's got a 300 batting average and six homers since July 29th. Al, where are you adding him if he's available? 12 teamers. Absolutely. And uh, that date, uh, you know, some of these dates sometimes are kind of arbitrary cutoffs. It's just, oh, when did somebody happen to get hot? But mm-hmm. in, in Hernandez's case, that's really when he started playing regularly. And that's the day before the Nationals traded Josh Harrison. That opened up a whole lot of playing time for him. Uh, so he's been a regular player. He's been hitting for power regularly. Uh, the batting average is something he can certainly sustain from here on out. So, um you know, unless you don't happen to like that, you know, batting average power combination, um, <laughs> I think there's reason to add them in most leagues. Uh, yeah, unless you need. hate good hitting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Al, let's get on to Wednesday streamers. We've got Luis Heal against the Blue Jays, Rich Hill against Miami, Luke Weaver gets the Rangers, Joe Ryan takes on Cleveland in Cleveland, and Mike Miner against the Orioles at Camden Yards. Who do you like here? I, I especially like Rich Hill and Joe Ryan here. Um, Hill's got a great matchup. He's been trending upward again, so I don't see anything to really be worried about with that start. Joe Ryan coming off of a phenomenal debut. Uh, Cleveland has hit pretty well of late, but 
Uh, I, I feel good about starting Ryan there. I, I'd, I would put Heal third after those two just because of the matchup. Um, you know, maybe he'll give up a run at some point and uh, this <laughs> start would seem to be the place to do it. But yeah. uh, I still I see a little bit of risk there. But, you know, who knows? I might look really silly come tomorrow and, uh, you know, he'll have another, you know, six innings, no runs. Something fun about a couple of these matchups, Joe Ryan against Tristan McKenzie and Luis Heel against Alec Manoa. Could be some uh, some battles that we see for a while in those respective divisions. A couple of youngsters on both sides of that. Coming up and coming up well, so uh, some good games to watch, some good matchups to watch, and those Yankees-Blue Jays games uh, could be very, very important as we close in on the end of the regular season. Finally, on this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll take a quick look at the prospect spotlight. First, Andy Pajes, absolutely killing it as a 20-year-old in the Dodger system. He's at high A Great Lakes right now, hitting 263-90 with 26 homers, 6 steals, and 148-weighted runs created. Plus, just really having a great season and his age 20 season. You love to see that guy who definitely is going to be rising through the ranks there. Blake Walston also having a nice year as a 20-year-old in Arizona system. Started the year at Visalia, low A, 332 ERA, 60 Ks in 43 and one-thirds innings pitched. Bumped up to high A Hillsboro, where he's got a 4.13 ERA, 57 Ks in 52 and one-thirds innings. Now punched his way into Baseball America's top 100 prospects. Guys who are not going to make a fantasy impact this year, certainly those of you in long-term leagues maybe have your eye on these guys already. We could be talking about them next year as some real climbers in their respective systems. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Please rate, review, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. And hey, have some fun watching some baseball on Wednesday. Al Melchior and I will be back with you on Thursday. Thursday.